Welcome to episode 11 of Roll the Credits Podcast with Aaron and Brian. Uh, on this week's episode, as usual, we're going to bring you some news to kick it off. Um, and we will give you our review of Bohemian Rhapsody, which we went and saw on Thursday night. Um, if you are, for some reason, unfamiliar with the movie, it is a biopic <laughs> on Queen and Freddie Mercury. Um, up until the Live Aid performance um, at Wembley. Um, and then at the end of the episode, um, having seen a movie with um, very famous Queen songs to it, this week's top five is our favorite songs in movie or television. Um, doesn't have to be a, um original song for that uh particular movie it can be a, a song from before that was thrown in um i assume we're gonna have very different lists for that probably but we'll see when the time comes uh brian how's your week been going pretty good pretty good week um not too much happened this week other than going to movies on thursday night uh yeah eagles are on a bye this week so there's not much i can no football to watch yeah no, none of my football to watch at least <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, my Dolphins won 13-6 to uh, six in what was a very absolutely boring game to watch today. Did they play? Uh, the Jets. Um, oh, gosh. Neither team very good. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, it was boring. But, hey, they got the one. So, uh, there you go. Got the dub. It's a good good day. Um, yeah, uh, like you, uh, went to the movies. We got Kadoba. That's always a, always a highlight. giant plus in my book. Um, anyway, uh, I guess we'll just get into news since we live pretty boring lifestyles. Uh, (laughs) first off to kick things off a movie that I feel like we talk about every single week here on the podcast. Yeah, I think this is the third or fourth week in a row. Um, mainly cause news comes out of new cast members for it. Um, Knives Out, the Ryan Johnson, um, original movie. Um, has just got uh, Tony Collette on board, um, who I talked about last week um, for my favorite performances this year. She was in Hereditary. She was the star of that film. Um, she has joined, and not only that, but they are eyeing, eyeing Christopher Plummer. Um, if you saw um, All the Money in the World, he was in that um, movie um, as one of the leads. Production's already begun on the movie, so I'm not sure. I, I don't know how prominent their characters will be. Um, also, I don't know because information on the movie and the characters and who's playing who is being kept very tightly under wrap. Uh, the only thing anybody knows at this point is that Daniel Craig is the uh, detective in the movie, which I believe we've talked about before. Um, Brian, you have any uh, insight into uh, these two characters here uh, joining in now, these two actors? No, I mean... Tony Colletti, I don't really have that much. Colette. Colette, my bad. Uh, I don't think I've seen many movies with her in it. So, um, But from what you say and from what I've heard, she's a pretty good actress. And uh, Christopher Plum- Plummer, though he's old, he can act. So it's... Uh, I, can kind of, I can kind of picture the role that he'll be in for this movie, with it being a kind of murder mystery kind of thing. Uh, but it just adds to this movie. It's... it's continuing to be what's shaping up to seem like a really good movie yeah absolutely um yeah christopher Plummer's going on 90 i believe oh so so that's pretty crazy um but he's still out there acting um 
In other casting news, Godzilla and Kong cast, uh, as we mentioned before, um, has now added Isa Gonzalez and Rebecca Hall. Um, Isa Gonzalez from um, from Dust Till Dawn, the TV show, as well as Baby Driver. Um, Rebecca Hall has played uh, many different roles, probably most notable to a lot of people for Iron Man 3, I believe. Um, yeah, they're, uh, the cast for this movie is coming together pretty nicely. Um above average as as you mentioned before oh yeah uh, i mean so we just added these two you got millie bobby brown and brian terry henson uh, henry starring in it and then you, you also can have, literally never say his name correctly well i do it's, not get it's it. three first names so it catches me off guard for some reason it also has kyle chandler in it uh alexander skosgard uh julian dennison who was the kid uh, from Deadpool 2. Fire Fist. Uh, Fire Fist, yeah. Um, I think those are all the main confirmed ones so far, but I, I'd say that's a, an above average cast. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's a good cast. I will give it that. Um, definitely some of it's, It'll be a good movie. Um, I'm very excited for the Godzilla movie coming out here next year, and then this will come out the year after that. So um, it's nice to see that they're getting... Um, the casting and stuff they're still i believe a few months out from from actually uh um starting to go um on production but uh it's nice to see that they're getting the cast all together um a lot with sub characters i don't think either one's gonna play the main role but i could be wrong um we'll end up seeing how that comes together once godzilla comes out um in theaters um, anyway, uh, moving on to Wonder Woman 1984, which I know everybody is very excited for. Robin Wright on a press tour for the House of Cards Season 6, which just released um, this past week, uh, mentioned that she is reprising her role of General Antiope in the film, uh, which I'm pretty excited for. Uh, it's nice to have her back um, for pretty much any capacity, really. So so that's pretty uh, hype. Um, any input yeah. on your end? No, I'm excited for that. I enjoyed her character in the first Wonder Woman, and so and this Wonder Woman is going to be hoping to be great, like the first one was. So it's a good. It's nice to hear she'll be back. Mm-hmm. Um, in other news, for anybody that is a fan of the talking horse BoJack Horseman on Netflix, uh, they have officially renewed it for season six. Um, so in the midst of Netflix canceling a lot of things, which they did not cancel anything this Friday, thank God, um, they are bringing that back for season six. I've seen a little bit of it. It's not too bad. I know a lot of people love it, um, um, because it's, it's a comedy, but it's also kind of dark and, um, explores, you know, the mental challenges for Bojack and stuff like that and Hollywood and, and coming to grips with his life and stuff and, and who he is. Um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will be excited for this. It's one of Netflix's most popular series. It's got like an 8.6 on Netflix or on IMDb as well. Um, and very high tomato scores. So critics and fans love it across the board. Um, in some Marvel news, uh, Disney streaming service starts to kick off as we have, uh, mentioned in the past. Uh, this past week, it was confirmed that there is going to be a Falcon and Winter Soldier series um, for the network, which they'll be in the same series together, which 
Um, I don't know a lot about their history together, if there is a history together. Um, I, I don't think there's too much history. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't think there's too much history, though, with them in, in the comics together, other than their connection to Captain America. But yeah. I, I don't think if Captain America is not involved that there's much history with just the two of them. Yeah, that's... Um I, that's what I was reading was that like really their only their only tie is is Captain America and um, when he's not there and at least in the movie series in the MCU that that they're you know kind of bickering with each other when they are around each other so I don't know uh, we'll see but it's the first one it's got a writer on board um, as well it's the first of the Marvel miniseries that Disney is going to be doing that has uh, taken actual, an actual step towards production and development now. Um, so it'll be interesting, and like we mentioned before, um, Disney intends to have every character reprise their roles from the movies for these, so they won't have new actors um, playing these characters, which thank God, because that would just confuse me <laughs> at that point. Uh, yeah, and we don't need to go DC on here where we have different characters between the TV and the movies. Yeah, um, definitely don't want that. Uh, for all the uh, Game of Thrones fans out there, uh, very hyped for the next, the final season, and also the prequel show that they plan on coming out. Uh, Naomi Watts has been cast in the lead for the prequel TV show. She is the first actor to sign on for it. Um, they are still several months out from actually starting filming, so I assume the cast was, is going to start coming together um, here in the next month or so for that. Uh, that's a pretty pretty sizable get for the TV yeah. show. Um, I mean... It's HBO, so they tend to get big names. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, for I mean, obviously, it's a Game of Thrones show, so like I assume there's probably... a good bit of decent to um good actors that are going to be chomping at the bit for spots on this show um i am not a game of thrones fan um mainly because i just haven't seen it so i don't want to i can't say that it sucks or anything um but i mean obviously it is one of the biggest shows out there and and oh, oh, for just sure kills it in the awards so every year uh we'll see how that comes together so all of you game of thrones fans um expect to start hearing a lot more news here in the upcoming months for this prequel show and and even some um current game of thrones stuff as that comes closer and closer to its final season here um on the air uh in other news uh the birds of prey movie that we've discussed before with harley quinn and uh huntress and uh forget the other character's name um it's um frick now i'm forgetting black canary that's it um has now cast its uh villain for black uh black mask is the name um ewan mcgregor is going to be playing the Ew. villain in this show uh which is exciting uh, i mean you know it, it, it's a good get um it was one of the two people they've had uh that they've been eyeing for a few months now to play the role uh Charlotte copley was the other person that they were eyeing mm. so they got who they wanted for it um to go into this Rosie Perez was also signed on board as uh, Detective Montoya, who essentially aligns herself with the Birds of Prey um, to fight uh, Black Mask. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, it's a good cast, a uh, good cast for sure. Um, we'll see if DC messes this up. I was about or to say, we've they... seen this before where they've assembled a decent yeah. cast and they've botched it. So yeah, so. 
Uh, we'll see. I don't want to try. I'm trying not to get too excited about it because I don't want to be let down. Yeah. Um, I, but uh, that should, uh, what's that? I hope this doesn't delay the, uh, imaginary Obi-Wan movie that we're never getting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's permanent. Uh, that's, that's sad. Uh, don't bring that back up, please. <laughs> um, in other news, for anybody who is a big fan of Gladiator, which, um, I think won um an it academy did. award one best picture that's right I, I wasn't i knew it was at least nominated um ridley scott is currently developing gladiator 2 um which will take place with one of the child uh, centering around one of the child characters from the first one as he's grown up um i actually never saw gladiator uh it is on my watch list uh, of course but, it's on your watch list Brian, my watch list is not nearly as long as yours. I know. I just wanted to mock you for it since you always mock me. So Mine is like 30 movies long of not upcoming movies at most. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's a great movie, though. So it's, at least it's on your watch list. Yeah, I'll uh, get around to it if I ever come across it on streaming services and I have time. Uh, once football season's over, then I'll have time. Uh but yeah, uh, so Ridley Scott is in the middle of developing that. I believe they have the writer for Top Gun 2 um, assigned to it. Um, yeah, could, he he, could, uh, he also wrote... What was it? Um, this is good radio. Oh, this is, this is great. Give me like two seconds. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> do, 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 do. Of course, there's nothing showing on the INDB page. Other than All right, we're going to move on. So, we're going to move sorry, on. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> great radio there, Brian. Thanks for Oh, that. no, here it is. Found it. <laughs> oh, wow. Here we yep, go. Here we go. It's Peter Craig, who was the writer for uh, The Town, the movie with Ben Affleck. Um, the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1 and 2. Uh, 12 Strong, the movie that came out earlier this year. Uh, yeah, those are the big ones that he had written for. Not the writer for Top Gun 2. Or not at least showing it is. Oh, that's upcoming stuff. Yeah, that's in that. Never mind. <laughs> Alright. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's the news for the week. Um, everyone, it's been a real light week in terms of uh, news stories and such. Um, anyway, uh, Brian, I know you said you don't have anything else to add, so we will go straight into our review for the week. Um, this past week, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we went to go see Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, the biopic on Queen and Freddie Mercury, um, directed by Brian Singer, starring Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury. Um, Brian, I'll go ahead and pass it over to you to, uh, go ahead and do your review for it first. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed the movie. I'm, I, I've always been a, a pretty big, not big queen. I've enjoyed Queen's music. Like I have mo- many of their songs on my phone that I, I listen to. There's they have so many classics that are easy to listen to, and so having that be the backdrop of this movie, uh, that was one of the enjoyable parts. Um, just seeing the different ways and how they came up with songs, or and what parts of their life inspired whatever song. The biggest, best part about this movie is Ray Malik is Freddie Mercury. Like, he was, one, looked spot on, looked just like him. Like, once he had those prosthetic teeth in, and 
when it was later on in his life when he was the mustache with the shorter hair it was like it was like you're looking at like like side by side at the same person it was it's crazy he was electric anytime he was performing on stage um he did a great job with and especially with his freddie mercury's movements how they were kind of random and all over the place um kind of that uh interesting character but he did a fantastic job at it the rest of the, uh, the band i uh, enjoyed i was a fan of brian may not because his name is brian but uh he was a f- uh, i enjoyed his character he contributed and was funny um the, the movie was a little bit long and you could kind of feel that in the second half when they made kind of uh they were displaying kind of all the rough patches in freddie mercury's life um and how when the band had split up and all the stuff that he was going through it like i i understand that's important to tell a story but it just kind of dragged along and for me at least um but i mean i enjoyed the movie it was i think it was a a slight like i say like a 70 is like a average movie like a 65 70 and i thought i gave this a 75 out of 100 i thought it was a little bit above average mainly because i it was a lot of fun and joy and just the backdrop of the classic queen songs uh made it a lot better so what are your thoughts uh well i'm glad yes i uh i gave it a 70 out of 100 um i didn't i i had a little i i was battling anywhere between 65 and 75 for it um i believe our combo score came out to a 70 for it as well um with everything included um I thought it, it's definitely worth a watch for uh, Rami Malek's performance as Freddie Mercury. And the kind of... Uh, it, the movie is a lot of fun um, whenever, you know, they are performing um, on stage. Especially yeah. um, at the end with the Live Aid concert. Um, it's really cool to see. Um, I didn't actually look into how they made that, but um, definitely really rad um parts of the movie um but outside of that once you once you get out of the performances and literally everything else um borders between being just boring and being decent um nothing else blows you away really um it is a movie i felt um is uh very moment driven um uh, like I like I just said, like you'll get to a point where it's not performing and it's you know whatever. Then you'll get to a performance and it's really rad and it draws you in, and then it'll go to something else and you're back. <laughs> like it's just it's a lot of up and down, up and down throughout the entire film. Um, it doesn't ever you know build straight up really um, until maybe the very end um, of the film. I think that my biggest issues with it is that it lacks focus and it doesn't embrace an identity at all. Um, It teeters on wanting to be a Queen biopic and teetering on just being a Freddie Mercury biopic. Yeah. Which I think that's kind of my biggest issue with it. Um, Because, like, it'll, you know, it'll, it embraces small parts to Freddie Mercury, but it doesn't embrace the whole of who he was, really. Um, 
because at the same time as it's trying to tell that, it's also, you know, factoring in um, the rest of the members of Queen stuff. Um, so on that end, it, yeah, it bounces back and forth a lot. It just doesn't, um, it doesn't focus on anything that I feel like it should focus on. Um, which it would have been a lot better if it would have just been like a Freddie Mercury biopic with Queen in the background, um, a little bit better. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's really my take on it. Like I said, I gave it a 70 out of a hundred because, and a lot of that's because of the moments of fun mm -hmm. that are in there. Um, I do think it's a viable movie if I could, if I found it for like five to eight bucks, maybe, um, I would probably watch it again in the future but it's just yeah it's overall it's not perfect but it's it's far from terrible um yeah the the first half a of pretty it, average average to above average movie to me yeah the first half of it when there is all the performances and the band coming together and growing like i was really enjoying it was really into it i was like oh the rest of the movie is like this like this i understand possibly why it has and a user score of like an 8.3 or 8.4 or something on INB right now. But then we got to, like you said, outside of the performances and it just teetered on being boring and with not much decency or exciting stuff going on. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you want to make it a queen biopic, I think you got to focus on all the members. And I feel like there's, it calls itself a queen biopic, but it, it, focuses when it does focus a little bit on just freddy um it doesn't really tell you anything about the other guys other than what they went to school for really uh, funny. um funny. Uh, yeah like it just it doesn't really know what it wants to be and i mean all the the build-up for it and stuff was basically telling people that it was just freddy mercury and it's not um there were rumors going around this week uh, i'll throw this out that um it was them like it was Queen the whole way through all uh, the band, and like they said that like the people were saying that like Freddie dies halfway through the movie and then like it continues post him his death. I'll tell everybody now that that's not true. Um, Interesting. Room. The movie is literally from basically him meeting the other members of Queen, forming the band, to the Live Aid performance, um, and everything in between. Um, so yeah, you. Don't worry about that. I, I saw some people talking about that, and I, I was like, that's that's not even close to true. So, so I'm just going to rest that now for everybody. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's worth a watch. I wouldn't necessarily say you need to see it in theaters. Um, it's, it is cool in theaters, I guess, to see it probably uh, all the performances on the big screen. But it's a movie that you could probably just rent at Redbox um, once it comes out. Um and give it a watch just, uh, if you're a queen fan if you're not a yeah. queen fan i mean you're obviously not gonna find like the movie so like again though it's, that, it's an enjoyable movie though so with all the if you even like rock and roll you're not a big for some reason not a queen fan but like rock and roll or just enjoy movies that are biopics or based off music like it's an enjoyable movie you should you can go see it at some point i'm gonna i'm just gonna, i'm gonna stop you there that makes no sense whatever it was an enjoyable movie if you don't like queen don't watch like just don't don't go don't waste your time and watch the movie because i mean it's just it's a lot of it's a lot of queen songs and when i say a lot i mean it's all of their entirely hits out there um throughout the movie um so 
Yeah, I mean, if you're a Queen fan, yeah, definitely watch it um, at some point. But if you're not, I mean, you're not going to enjoy the movie. So, and you probably don't have much of an interest in it anyway at that point. But, yeah, um, 70 for me. You gave it a 75. Uh, combo score with everything together came out of 70, which put it relatively far down the list, I think. It um, is 33rd in our list out of 59. Wow. Um, it came in at 35 out of 50 on my list um, so far this year. It's, um, it's right near the middle of my list for this year, and I'm right around 50 also. So. Mm, Alrighty. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's our review for Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, next week, uh, we will... I only have two episodes left of Daredevil Season 3, so we'll finally get around to doing a review for that. Thank goodness. For any fans or something out there that... Um, is interested in that we'll definitely be doing a review of that assuming i don't get caught up with that you week. better finish it I, I should it's only two episodes um if our local amc theater uh puts suspiria out here this weekend i will be going to see that um i also have plans of going to see the girl in the spider's web um this upcoming week um hopefully i can fit those in uh for you guys um yeah, I, I should definitely get Spider's Web in for our review next week. Um, Suspiria, though, that's that that hinges completely on AMC hosting it. It wasn't out this week for them, um, so we'll see. Because um, I know I put that on the list for everybody, so whenever I can, I'll get around to that one. Yeah, I think I have a couple nights that are free, so I might rent a movie that I've been meaning to watch that came out this year, and so I can give a review on that. But uh, not sure yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so expect Daredevil Season 2 next week and uh, Girl on the Spider's Web. Um, the other two are, are hinging on availability, so there definitely will be stuff next week. Um, anyway, uh, let's get into our top five for the week. Like I mentioned at the start, um, this is our favorite songs in movies or TV. doesn't have to be an original song, just has to be um, you know, in, in said movie or TV show. Um, I don't know how you went about yours, uh, Brian, but I will say that I based mine around, uh, the moments in the movie. Um, so whatever really, it's not necessarily, you know, my favorite song song in general, um, but just what's most important to a scene or so, um, is at least what I try to do for mine. Um, anyway, I will pass it over to you like usual. Go ahead and get us started with your uh, number five. All right, so my number five is actually a movie that I've never seen before, but this song I have on my playlist to listen to a lot. Um, it's Lose Yourself from 8 Mile by Eminem. Um, one, it's a great song to run to. Uh, it's it's a very upbeat song, and it, and it gets your blood flowing, so it's, it's on my running playlist. But it's... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of good lyrics involved in it, and it's just a very enjoyable song. So that's my number five. Is Eight Mile on your watch list? Uh, sure. Okay, so that's a no. Oh. <laughs> I don't think it's anywhere streaming, and I just added to a list of of fifty other movies. So. Why? Well, I'm just I. I mean, you gotta watch the movie to see where it comes from. Uh, anyway, my number five, not really a song that I really love, but, uh, um, okay. it is a huge basis of the movie. Like half the movie revolves around the song. 
Uh, my number five is Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood for the movie Zoolander. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> based around um, using it as a hypnosis uh, thing for oh, their Zoolander song. in there. <laughs> uh, not a song I'm huge on, again, but it's the center of probably my favorite comedy movie of all time so i had to include oh, it in this list somewhere uh pass it back over to you for four. Oh, now i'm just picturing that scene in that movie <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous but it's hilarious um uh, my number four um is from the television show doctor who it is uh doomsday which was the song that played uh during the season two or season yeah season two finale um there's not any lyrics to it. It's a it's a purely instrumental song, but it's anytime I hear the song, yeah, I immediately think back uh, to this episode of the family because there's a lot of emotions flowing with this and the song. Uh, it swells and just builds up, and it's an orca. There's a lot is orchestra in it, and it's it's a very good song, and it just immediately that's why I include it on my list. I immediately think of that episode and what happens and the emotion involved in it. Uh, so that's my number four. All right. My number four is a song that we play at the end of the show a lot. Uh, Don't You Forget About Me by The Simple Minds uh, for The Breakfast Club. Uh, one of the most iconic songs in movie history for uh, one of the best movies of all time, really. Um, I'll go out there and say it. Um, I don't think there's anything I really need to say about this song, because if you haven't heard it yet, I don't know what's wrong with you, and you clearly haven't been listening to our podcast. The entire uh, way through. <laughs> yeah, the entire way through. Um, but yeah, great song, great movie, uh, really fits the very ending, you know, with, with everybody um, in detention, and all the various characters kind of finally coming together as friends and such. Um, I have a hot take it, for you. You want it? It's going to be dumb, and you're really going to offend myself and other listeners, so go ahead and say it. It's not that great of a movie. It's overrated. Yeah, yeah now there is Lord of the Rings trilogy, but here we are. I, you've uh, never right. seen those, go so ahead. we're not going to talk about those. I highly doubt you've ever seen Breakfast Club. I have seen I'm going to throw it out there. Are I, you sure? It, yes. When did you see it? I, oh, let me just know. It was uh, March 22nd of 2007. I don't know when I saw well, it, it but I've seen it. <laughs> It was that long ago, Brian. You were like ten years old. <laughs> like first <laughs> off, of course you wouldn't enjoy it. You weren't in high school yet. You first didn't off, understand. I literally just pulled a anything. random date out of my head because that's not when it was. I okay. have seen it at some point in the past, and yeah, it's the date you just said, two thousand seven. I literally just pulled out a random date. Okay, yeah, it's I, an don't, I don't believe you. I, I don't believe you. It's one of those movies that I think is an eighties movie that has a very big cult following, and but outside of that most people or not I want to say most people but there are definitely plenty of other people out there that don't think it's as great as the movie as people say and I'm one of them I want to time out for a second on this list I want to know what you think is overrated about that movie I'm I'm honestly curious what do I think is overrated about that movie There's yeah just, why do you think it's not a very good movie I mean, the story okay it's a bunch of did you not ever mis- attend high school did you skip high school yep that's what I did I skipped high school well, that's why you didn't um, enjoy the movie, then. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I just didn't. wasn't a big fan of it. There's just a bunch of different people in Breakfast Club that... Not in Breakfast Club. I'm thinking of the title. That are in detention, trying to just get through it. They're misfits. And I don't know. I didn't enjoy it. I, yeah, they come from all different. different walks of life. They're all they're 
all of the cliques, and they get together in the end after fighting and bickering and all this other stuff. It's a great movie. Do. Teaches a lot of things. Teaches a lot of life lessons, damn it. All right, go ahead, with, go ahead with your uh, three. Like I said, it was a hot take. So. Yeah, dumb take. <laughs> I'm, throw, I'm throwing ice water on it. That's what I'm doing. Putting that, putting that hot take out. Go with your three. All right. Uh, my number three is from a movie just this year. Um, Shallows from A Star Is Born. Um, Ooh. A very good movie. I, or very good song that's a part of a great movie. Um, there's a lot of... I think there's a meaning, a lot of deep meaning to it and emotion behind it. That's just kind of like they're going through life and just kind of stuff hasn't gone worked for them or not really how they wanted to be. And so they're just finally they're giving in. They're jumping into the deep end. They're just going all in because they just want to get out from this stuck, boring place in life that they're at. Um, and it, so it's a great song that adds to it great movie so it's my number three all right i assume that's the one you thought i had on my list too it was one it was maybe but there's actually one other one that might be all right well my number three is audition by emma stone for the movie la la land um i wanted i didn't include uh, I actually did not include City of Stars on this list. Uh, I that, picked that Audition there. over City of Stars. Strictly because I think in the movie I thought the performance was better for this. Um, and I think overall as an entire song this is better. City of Stars isn't very long. Um, and it's relatively simple. Whereas Audition, it's Emma Stone um, standing there. Um, doing uh, an audition and reciting this entire song that's really good um, and I, I just thought it added more to the movie than City of Stars did. Obviously City of Stars is the bigger song for the movie uh, but overall in the grand scheme of things I thought this was the best overall song and the best overall performance of a song in the, the entire um, La La Land which is fantastic, lovely movie um, That I definitely agree with Yeah <laughs> Amazing movie <laughs> Oh, go ahead with your number two. <laughs> Here's my number two that you're gonna eat. That oh it's like you said, it's from a Disney movie. I'm throwing. Oh, okay, go ahead. Are you gonna eat? Um, I don't think I'll hate it, but. Oh no! Ready? It's it's Akuna Matata from Lion King. I knew it was gonna be either that or Circle of Life. So. Nah, I, Circle I, of Life I, isn't that great. I I don't know. I don't hate it. I mean, Lion. I don't dislike Lion King. I've actually here's a hot t- or hey, here's something for everybody. I have never seen The Lion King. Um, well, and no, it's not on my watch list. It's basically Hamlet with lions. So, uh, if you have ever, in high school, if you're a red Hamlet, or do you know the story of Hamlet at all, it's basically Hamlet with lions. I think I slept through the Shakespeare part of English class. I uh, didn't really care. Go ahead. Oh, that's a shame. But <laughs> Not really. I agree. Akuna Matata. It means no words, man. It's a great song. Um, that just kind of it, it contributes to one of the best Disney movies. I had to include a Disney song on this list, and that's one of my favorites. And you didn't have to. You wanted. No, to. I had to. It. Mm. It just it just reminds you that you know whatever you're going through or whatever stuff is going on in your life, just Akuna Matata, man. It means no worries. You'll be fine. That's dumb. There's a lot of things to worry about in this world. 
Akuna Matata, man. Uh, number two for me is I'll Never Love Again by Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born. Oof. Uh, again, Shallow is probably the biggest song for the movie, but much like Audition, I think this was the best one. A, because that final scene when she sings it, I cried. Um, so I'll be honest, I forgot it, about this it, song, and phew, you're right. It um, It is just... It's a great song on its own, but when you watch the movie and the final scene when she sings it and stuff, it's um just... I mean, I could not include it on the list. Like It, it literally drives that movie home. Uh, at the very end, um, obviously, I'm not going to go too in-depth since it's still a new movie. I don't want to say any spoilers. You don't get anything, choked but, up for something wrong with you. But yeah, uh, I definitely it made me it made me tear up a good bit. Um, and it's probably my favorite Lady Gaga song, and it's uh, just incredible. I mean, it really it, it drives everything home on that amazing movie. Um, so yeah, uh, not the premiere song for it like shallow is uh but definitely i think the heaviest hitter out on the entire soundtrack which the entire soundtrack's amazing so it was really i hard, think we've heard really you say that once pick. or twice before well i'm letting you know how hard it was to pick just one <laughs> off that soundtrack um, same yeah, with all i'll land i'm gonna be on oh yeah i'm gonna be honest i forgot about that song there at the end and when i because i wanted to include a song from star is born i immediately thought about shallows and th- thought forgot about the uh emotion heart ripping song at the end of the movie that just ties it all together uh, so yeah that. That, that's why when I we were talking before this we kicked off uh, recording and you said that you thought we had double I was like nope I, we have the same movies but I knew that we didn't have the same songs um, alright but go ahead uh, hit us with your number one hombre my number one that you mentioned before uh they're not a part of your list, but uh, City of Stars from La La Land. Um, like you said, it's kind of the more the main song from that from that fantastic movie. And won the award for it. And won best Oscar, or won Oscar for best original song. It's one I I just I love to listen to it in my car. Both Ryan, uh, they both give Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone give great performances in the song and throughout the movie. And though it's on the shorter end, um, I, I just love it. I mean, it's it's a great song, and, and I agree. Audition is also a great song that has an important part of the movie near the end. Uh, I just love this one more. So, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so my number one. Uh, I told you beforehand. I wanted to. We originally had this as just movies. And then I thought about this song, and I had to include TV in it, um, because I don't think a song has ever perfectly matched, uh, a non-original song at that, um, has ever matched the scene so perfectly. I think I know where you're going with this. We'll see. Uh, the song Baby Blue by Badfinger, um, for the final scene of the greatest television show of all time, Breaking Bad. Yep. Um... The name of the song, the lyrics for the song, match perfectly with uh, Walt's um, Blue Meth. Um, and as he has been shot and is perusing through the um, cooking station and all that stuff, as the cops are coming, um, before just laying down and 
dying. Um, it <laughs> it just matches everything so perfectly for the final scene of you know something so perfect, um, and, and really shows the attention to detail that Vince Gilligan and the, and the entire crew put into um, the show. And it's not even the. Uh, there was a few other ones I had. I had Black on here for uh, from Danger Mouse and uh, Nora Jones, um, from when he um, it starts to show that he like had poisoned the the kid earlier in the series, which was another perfect um, um, song that they just the lyrics they paid attention to detail with everything, so everything kind of flowed in. Uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't, I could not leave this off the list, um, because I remember seeing it for the first time and just being so awestruck by it. Um, and then rewatching it four other times, it, it really drove it home for me. Four. So yeah. Yeah. So I, I've seen Breaking Bad five times and it will be six next year, likely. Um, Hey, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic show. His character arc is probably the greatest character arc I've ever seen in television or film so yeah um so yeah that is uh our top five for the week top five favorite songs if you haven't heard any of these songs uh definitely go and check them out um if you haven't seen breaking bad what the hell's wrong with you please get around to that um and don't stop after two seasons i'm tired of here it's it's a little bit of a slow start but man does it get going i'm literally tired of telling people to start watching again that tell me oh i stopped after two seasons um that's kind of how i was i I watched like the first season i was like okay i don't need to immediately watch this and it took me like three years to watch the show because there was like a year and a half gap between you are like the third or fourth person that i have talked to that was like Oh yeah, like I stopped after like a season or two and didn't feel like I needed to get back into it. And then I drive it home that like you have to watch the last three seasons. Like, yeah, the first two seasons aren't you know perfect, um, but it's an entire setup. It's a long, it's playing the long game for an entire series um, that also isn't very long. It's only like sixty or so episodes. Um, so yeah, I mean it's not a horrible horrible length on anything and once you start getting into season three and stuff it starts to drive home but yeah um enough on that because i could talk all day and all night about breaking bad um so yeah that was our uh, that's our episode for the week a little bit shorter on this end um this week uh not a lot of news like i'd mentioned before um like i had mentioned as well we will be doing a review for daredevil season three next week as well as i should be hitting um girl in the spider's web spider girl uh whatever you want to call it uh it's looking like average average reviews thus far for it, which doesn't necessarily surprise me the trailers don't look great but i saw the first one so i gotta see this one we've also seen the trailer like 20 times so Yes, it, they have been playing the trailer for every movie we've seen for like six months now. So, um, and it likely won't be as good as Mission Impossible was when they did that, but we'll see. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, those are definite probable reviews for next week. Um, and then we might get around to some other things as well. 
Um, anyway, that was our episode. Um, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at roll underscore credits pod. Um, you can find us on Facebook at roll the credits podcast as always. Um, and we are on all the major podcast networks like, uh, sub- give us a subscribe, give us a five star review as always. Um, you know, let us know what your favorite songs are. We'd love to hear them. Brian will have a post up on Facebook later this week with everything on it. Um, I assume, uh, <laughs> so that's our episode for the week, guys. Uh, can't wait to be back next week. Brian, you got any parting words with our uh, listeners? Nope. Don't you forget about us. Very true. Um, yeah. So uh, go ahead. Uh, make sure everybody goes out and checks out the Breakfast Club and tell Brian why he's wrong. Or um, tell me why I'm right. Don't do that, cause cause he's not. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, uh, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend.